I am getting laser eye surgery. After three months of waiting, I finally went to my appointment to get LASIK surgery. For the past almost 20 years, I've been wearing contact lenses, monthly contact lenses, where I don't take them out at all. I wear contact lenses for the entire month and take them out at the end of the month. This is something that you can do and 20 years ago was like, oh yeah, don't worry about it, it's totally fine. These days, people recognize that it increases your, your chance of an eye infection if you don't take out your contact lenses every day. Over the last 20 years, I've had one and I'd always been concerned that wearing contacts as long as I do and that one eye infection would have caused some lasting damage to my eyes. But going yesterday to have my eyes looked at to see if I can get LASIK surgery, the dude's like, your eyes are in perfect health. My tear ducts are perfect. My, you know, my cornea is perfect. All this jazz. You know, other than the my eyesight being bad, my eyes are perfect. There's apparently three different types of LASIK surgery. All of them achieve the same result, but each of them have different levels of recovery time and potential for things not to be perfect. The one I can get is the best one. The least invasive, least downtime. He's like, yeah, you are a perfect candidate for what they call is smile surgery. They call it smile. Ain't that crazy? I could have I could have booked it a lot earlier, but I can't wear contact lenses for three weeks leading up to the surgery. Because I'm going to Melbourne, I want to wear contact lenses while I'm down there. So I have to do it, you know, a month after I come back from Melbourne in October. So I'm, I'm doing it in November, two and a half months away or whatever. And you know what's costing chat? What do you think laser eye surgery costs in Australia? $7,000. I'm basically going with the best of the best people who exist. Given that I spend, you know, hundreds of dollars every year on contact lenses. I'm not sure how much I spend. Maybe it's got to be at least 600 a year. More than that. It pays for itself. It's just something that I never had the time to do uh, Somewhat scary thing to consider people doing surgery on your fucking eyes. But my mother did laser eye surgery at this place and she was perfectly fine. And it's like, well, if, you know, if my mother's able to go through it, that's cool. Then it must be fine. They told me that I'm going to be there for like two and a half hours, even though the surgery takes like 15 minutes. And what they do is they give you a Valium, which I guess is some drug that makes you like, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> They paralyze your face, whatever, and then hold open your eye, and, uh, you know, that it's fine. You love Valium? Yeah, I I said I've never had it before. She'll be like, oh, it'll be, it'll be an experience. Like, oh, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Abandoning Twitter and limiting topics I speak on. I'm not sure I should talk about this. So I use Twitter pretty passively. I don't follow all that many people, and I don't scroll it all that much either. Like, if I'm following a person... 99% of the time, it's because I want to hear what they have to say about stuff. I'm usually focused on, like, my mentions or things related to me as opposed to, like, doom scrolling what other people are posting. I might take a glance at it, like, for two minutes a day or something, what other people have posted, I don't know. All people on Twitter aren't this way. I see Nux all the time, like, responding to, like, hundreds of posts from people. I know this is a good move business-wise to get attention and whatnot, but that's just not what I'm interested in. But I also see Mudahar doing that all the time. He seems very engaged on Twitter. Whenever he sees something where he has an opinion, he's injecting it in places. That, you know, to each their own, right? But recently, Mudahar tweeted this out. Deleting Twitter, keeping the username, this app is hell. And it got 100,000 likes. I looked into why this is. 
And I'm not going to talk about any nuances of, of what was going on. I'm, I'm not interested in that. But when I saw this, what came to mind was as I've gotten more popular, I've become more reserved on what topics I'm willing to speak on. And I'm less willing to tweet out things that are just opinions about what's going on in the world, irrespective of my viewpoint. It can be the case that I hold the overwhelming majority viewpoint, like 99% of people would agree with me. I still won't tweet stuff. This is very different from back in the day where I was just constant politics and religion and philosophy and all that jazz. I still do a bit of the philosophy, but I'm less willing to talk about like potentially ambiguous social events. And Mudahar seems to have on two different topics that I would personally not have spoken on, irrespective of my position, uh, given his opinion and gotten raked across the coals on Twitter. That sort of intense negativity is very hard to deal with. I remember when I had it during the No Damage drama, unbearable. It doesn't matter how many people support you or, or believe you or uh, I, I, in your corner who say nice things, there, there would just be an, so many people, just constant bombardment of you suck, This your viewpoint sucks, you're, uh, you're a terrible human being, and there's no amount of anything that you can do to combat that. And that's what is very frustrating, right? It's always frustrating to have a problem that you can't solve and you just have to just deal with. And it seems as though Mudahar has fallen foul of that. And he's like, I've had enough. I'm done. I'm interested to see how long he can stay off Twitter though, because he used it a fucking lot, you know? And he got like 10,000 likes on whatever the hell he posted. So he lasted two days. Facebook gaming app being shut down. Apparently Facebook gaming is shutting down their iOS and Android apps on October 28th, 2022. When I first saw this, I was like, maybe Facebook gaming is not doing as well as Meta would have liked, and maybe they're rolling it back or whatever. But it was speculated down here. My take, not shock, Zuckerberg has been clear that he believes that an economic downturn is here, and it may be a long one. Maintaining an app that probably isn't getting a ton of downloads is an ineffective use of capital that is better served elsewhere. Facebook gaming is just being rolled into the normal Facebook app. So, like, there's not going to be two apps, and that's it. And I'm like, well, that's not that interesting. Is TikTok dying? What a useless poll. I only did it 22 minutes ago. I have found since using YouTube Shorts on occasion that I have completely abandoned TikTok. Anyone else have a similar experience? Over the last two months, I use TikTok less, basically 12%. I use TikTok the same, 12%. I use TikTok more, basically 12%. <laughs> Most people never use TikTok. Yeah, I, since finding Shorts, I use TikTok not at all. I mean, I consider just deleting the app because there's just no reason to use it. At the end of the day, I don't like TikTok based on partly who owns it. Not that that's my biggest gripe considering, you know, you know, I'm not in love with Google or something, but clearly YouTube's success is better for me as a creator. The more that people are on YouTube, even if it's watching, sh watching shorts, increases the amount of people who can hypothetically find my videos. The conversion rate between TikTok and YouTube is very, very tiny. But again, as I say, if you're on YouTube, there's a higher chance you're going to watch my stuff. And that's more important to me. TikTok eating YouTube's lunch is not something I want. If your interest is in supporting YouTube creators over TikTok creators, I don't know, try out YouTube Shorts instead of TikTok. I think TikTok is a perfectly fine app. Uh, most people who criticize TikTok, I think, are people who don't use it. Either that or aren't willing to go through the teething phase where they where the algorithm gets to know what you actually want to see. But the concern of who owns it will always be a thing. And of course, TikTok does not pay its creators very well. 
and that's unlikely to change. While YouTube Shorts don't make a lot of money for creators right now, uh, it could they could in the future, and certainly YouTube does pay its creators well in regards to its long-form content. Does hashtag Shorts success mean more views for my long videos? I hope people in Rambles aren't getting sick of me talking about Shorts. It's just I'm making a new form of content on effectively a new platform, at least a new algorithm, and it's interesting to me. When criticizing reaction content, I've repeated over and over again, the algorithm is all that matters, and reaction content, even if people see your face, the changes to the algorithm are not in your benefit. The algorithmic changes just benefit the reactor. Knowledge of a creator does not mean that you're going to watch them significantly. And shorts, I believe, demonstrate this really, really well. For those unaware, at least presently, the shorts algorithm and the long-form content algorithm are separate. So you can get really big on shorts and it doesn't really impact all that much how well you're gonna do in the, the long-form content game. Of course, people can still independently do well in the long-form algorithm, therefore doing well in both. Which is why you can see people getting like 5 million views on a short and then they can release a normal video and get like 10,000 views. I'm experiencing that right now. I've gotten 10 million views on my shorts. Look at me just skyrocketing here. My popularity in shorts Insane, bruv. Oh my god. Look, look, I just, I, it's, it's crazy. And then on my long form content, nothing. How can it be that I'm getting, you know, 1.8 million views here, a million views here, a million, like my, my viewership is going up so much because of shorts, but my other videos aren't changing at all. It's because the algorithms aren't connected. 10,000 subscribers, I mean, th this is not updated, but 10,000 subscribers is a meaningless amount when it comes to actually increasing your viewership. I'm sure you've seen many, many times all these channels with 5 million subscribers, but they're getting 10,000 views a video. As I say, subscribers aren't valueless. You do get some views from the subscription feed, and surely, to some degree, the algorithm must re recognize that, oh, this person subscribed recently, maybe that means they want to see more content. Like, I've often speculated that the act of subscribing probably says something to the algorithm, but being subscribed, you know, a couple of weeks later, probably is less meaningful. I'm sure you, you've all gone through that phase where you found this new creator and you're like, oh shit, this is amazing. Then you subscribe, watch like all their back catalog over the course of three weeks, and then the, you just forget about them. Because that's the thing. When the algorithm stops giving you videos for a creator, they may as well not exist for you. Each one of us knows of a creator where there's videos in their back catalog that we love to watch. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going to dig back that far. I'm not going to dig back years to find like a particular video or whatever. I ain't got time. No one got, no one got time for that. I'm going to spend an hour on like a fucking journey in people's back. It doesn't happen. I'm sure on rare occasions it happens for some people, but it's just such a tiny infinitesimal amount. We all know of thousands of creators. If the algorithm isn't presenting their videos to us, they may as well not exist. Being changed by success in the creator economy. There are so many much more harmful things that exist than reaction content. But the world is so ambiguous and my ability to affect other forms of harm in the world is very minor. This topic I know a lot about. I know I can convince people if I'm just given a shot and I can impact things. And that makes it more of immediate interest to me. But at the same time, as I believe Josh Strife Hayes once said to me, I am to some degree fighting the tide. The tide's got energy for days. It's never gonna run out. I'm eventually gonna get tired and get swept away. I often speculate to what degree the bad creators, these scummy creators, I, I sometimes wonder to what degree these people started this way or to what degree this industry 
change them. Because sometimes I can almost feel myself changing. Let me, let me tell you about a disgusting moment, chat. When I was down in Melbourne and I had been given a new headset from Sony and I didn't want to take it on the plane, when TG said to me, man, it's worth like 500 bucks, man, you should take it. I'm like, I, 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 don't, I don't care, man. I actually, I actually said to him, I'm rich. I don't need this shit. And I, when those words left my mouth, I was a bit drunk. Don't get me wrong. But I'm like, wow, that is just like gross. What a gross thing to say. Like, I would never have said anything like that in the past, irrespective of my finances. And I just, I like, I had like a, a crisis of like, who am I? What happened? I, I just want to think I said it because I was drunk. But when that happened, I'm like, man, how much this industry changes you? It's taxing. Always getting presented with somewhat underhanded things that you can do to make more money or to gain additional success. Times when you can push aside your morals and, and beliefs and just to get that little bit far, further ahead. Or, you know, you're, you're great on the line of the gray area. Or you deal with the constant negativity that is pervasive. Even if it's only 1% of the interactions you have with people, it's so constant that sometimes you just want to go, fuck the universe. Fuck everyone. I'm just going to be an island in of myself and just play the online world as a game. Like, I'm not there yet. But, and I, I hope I never get to that point where I just have complete lack of compassion for others. But moments like that scare me. That one day I'm going to wake up and, you know, be a Logan Paul or some shit. And a rice gum or something. I know that there are things that I do today that I would not have found acceptable five years ago. I suppose you could say, once upon a time, when things weren't relevant to my life, I held more ambiguous positions. The line that I drew was not necessarily as hard fixed in a particular point. But as those things became more relevant, as I became a larger content creator, things that I thought I wouldn't be willing to do, turns out I was like, oh yeah, this isn't that bad actually. Certain sponsorships that I've taken, uh, certain content that I make, like the Reddit recap, for instance. You can hear me five years ago being like, man, there's content where it's just like the audience is submitting stuff to like Jack's films or whatever. That's just lazy content. I never said it was, you shouldn't do it, or it's immoral or something or whatever, but I never thought I'd get to the point where I'd be doing that kind of stuff. Clarifying my thoughts on unpaid internships. I've criticized in the past unpaid internships. This person says, internships are completely voluntary and a great way to gain work experience, which is far more valuable than a diploma. The reasons why so many people want them, it allows them to learn for free what they need for a decent job and often offer direct path to paid job. Unpaid internships aren't free. You are paying a company your unpaid wages. You are paying someone to make them profit. It's not a free experience. The immediate worst thing about this, it makes internships only available to a certain class of person in society. You have to already be well off, financially supported, to be able to take an unpaid internship. This means that certain jobs if they require unpaid internships or um, certain companies and whatnot, it means that the only people who can get into those companies are people who are already rich or are already born to wealthy families. And that is just in general unfair, but also just not good for society. In the ideal world, we want the people who are suited for roles to get those roles in society. We don't want just people who happen to be born to rich families getting into these jobs. It's not a fair system or a good system for society. Your best case scenario, what ends up happening for a person who isn't already of means to take these internships, the, the state has to support them. Why the fuck should my tax dollars 
go to paying the labor costs of some private company. That's not what taxes should be used for. That's not what social support systems should be used for. If a company can afford to pay a worker, they should. If, in fact, if a company can't afford to pay a worker, that job shouldn't exist. It's not the state's responsibility to provide a workforce for private companies. So the existence of unpaid internships represent a failure of the labor market. If you, in, in a sufficiently well-working labor market, you'd walk into a job interview and they'd be like, oh, this is an unpaid internship. And you'd look at them and go, oh, well, I'm going to go work for that company over there who will pay me money to do the same job. And you'll stand up and they'll be like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Maybe we can work out some sort of payment plan. The only reason unpaid internships can exist is if there's not sufficient opportunity in that labor market for people of such skills and qualifications to have a significant enough set of places to go. And, and absent regulation, it's just everyone's going to be, you know, may maybe I can boil my shoes on Thursday and just not eat and maybe I can get this job. It's not representing that your, your economy is doing well at that point, right? These are unpaid internships, bad for society, unfair, and representative of your economy not doing particularly great. No person's prosperity should be based on whether or not they're willing to give free labor to some company that can clearly afford to pay wages. Clarifying my thoughts on capitalism. I don't want to read this entire thing out, but I wanted to say <clears throat> something about it. It's a little bit controversial, I suppose. I don't like when people say that capitalism is a system based on individuals' economic freedom. To clarify, my stance on capitalism has always been I can give you dozens of things I hate about capitalism, but I have yet to be convinced that there is a better form of construct constructing the economy of society, that ultimately removing capitalism as a whole would lead to greater prosperity for the human race as a whole. Identifying flaws or issues with something is very different from saying that you'd be better off without that thing. It's like if I get sore feet, that doesn't, and I say, man, I hate when my feet are sore. It doesn't mean that I want my feet removed with chainsaws. But it seems so ingrained in culture and the way that we think about ourselves and what we should do with our lives that it seems very unlikely to change to the degree that it's not going to be a part of the human condition. But there is clearly different countries that are doing, doing capitalism, better or worse, to the degree that clearly many of its excesses and issues can be solved through legislation, through regulation, and these are the things that I support. But when people say that capitalism is a system based on individuals' economic freedom, I laugh. If you do not participate in capitalism, you either die or you cannot interface with other people, which is effectively death for most people. Like, if I put a gun to your head and I said, yo, uh, make a sandwich or you die, okay, technically you have a choice. You can die or make the sandwich. You're perfectly free to make that choice. But it's clearly a hugely coerced choice. You wouldn't look at that situation and go, that man is free making his choices between death and making sandwiches. And that's what capitalism is. You play the game or you die, or you just never interface with the modern world. That, that is not economic freedom. For the overwhelming vast majority of people on the planet, they will do a menial job that they don't want to do spending the vast majority of their time in their lives doing that thing, and then they'll die. Their circumstances not improving at all. And they'll only do this because they have to. And that is not freedom. As I say, it could be the case that this is just the best that humanity can do. Irrespective of what system we attempt to create, there's always going to be some people doing that in a world 
where there is scarcity. Someone has to do the work for there to be food and all that jazz. But this romanticizing of capitalism as a truly miraculous and wonderful thing is just stupid to me. Some, sometimes the best choice is still a shitty one. And that's the most that you can convince me capitalism is. I've yet to find a socialist or a communist, if you want to draw distinctions there, that can convince me that the re- complete removal of capitalism would ultimately be good. And what even what that would even look like. But the same token, I'm not convinced capitalism is particularly a amazing aspect of, of existence. To further clarify, to call anything free to me implies non-participation to be a viable option and participation to be uncoerced. Such is not the case with capitalism. Be sure to like and subscribe. Also leave a comment if you have something on your mind. My feed gives them to me from all over my channel. It doesn't matter how old the video is. I wish you all the best.